You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Have you always wanted to hear the hockey stories told from the press box? For your premier source of hockey prospect news from across the AHL, NCAA, Canadian Hockey League, and international leagues, this is your all-access pass to The Press Zone, a hockey podcast packed with news, analysis, interviews, and entertainment featured on AHLReport.com. Your hosts, Amy Johnson and Rick Stevens, are experienced, credentialed hockey reporters, bringing you stories built from strong connections throughout the hockey community and from inside rinks all across North America. Welcome to The Press Zone. Well, hello and welcome to this week's episode of The Press Zone podcast right here on the AHL Report Rocket Sports Media, part of, we are an affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network. If that's how you found us, then welcome aboard. We're glad to uh, to have you here. We're here all summer long, all hockey season long, bringing you uh, great uh, news and stories and information about the Montreal Canadiens prospects and AHL team. Uh, I'm your host of the show. My name is Amy Johnson. I'm also the lead correspondent at AHLReport.com. And I'm joined in the studio each and every week by my wonderful co-host. He is our president, founder, and editor-in-chief here at Rocket Sports Media. And his name is Rick Stevens. How are you doing today? Good afternoon. I'm doing fine. How are you? I'm, I'm doing all right. Happy National Bagel, Bagel Day to you. Did you bring bagels? I did not. I would have had you bring, to. You bring I would have Montreal. had to stand in line for hours, well, and then I would have been late for the show. You bring the Montreal bagels. I can zip up to Manhattan and bring New York bagels, and we can do a oh comparison, a bagel off, and the New York bagels will win every time. Sorry, Montreal. there's a Montreal audience here. You know that I know, but I live in the Mid Atlantic, and I grew I grew up on New York style bagels. So I actually haven't had a Montreal bagel yet. Shame on you. Well, if you would bring them yeah, to the studio, true. in you know, mm-hmm. then I would eat lots. Well, tomorrow is National Scotch Day, so I'll <laughs> spring for the scotch okay. for the studio. <laughs> can we st- can guess. we start? Can we do Scotch Day today, today and tomorrow? <laughs> That'd be a different show. Hmm. That's kind of fun. It's funny because we have a Slack group for our Rocket Sports contributors and. Um, there's different channels and, and one of the channels is called hockey pub after our, our hockey pub.com where we discuss uh, our favorite food and beverages and mm-hmm. uh, particularly whiskeys and things. And, and it's, it's one of the most popular channels on our internal Slack group. I wonder why. I wonder why. Food, beverages. Mm-hmm. Alcoholic and non-alcoholic. It's not even true. All. No, that's true. That's true. Um, yeah, our 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 group, our group likes consumption of food and beverage. <laughs> and there's some barbecue connoisseurs out there. Let me tell you, we've got some sharing. good 
We've got some good smokers. Yes. And not in. Yes. Not, yes. <laughs> uh, we've got a we've got a handful of guys on the team who are very much into smoking meats and Brisket cheeses and, and yeah. oh yeah. Dessert. Didn't Cole make a smoked cheesecake? He smoked a cheesecake one day, I think, <laughs> or something like that. It's not like it sounds, but yeah. I'm gonna get Cole's gonna send me a message and say, Amy, you completely butchered what I did. I'm tr- I'm going off memory here. You'll certainly be able to know if he's listened to this podcast, as all Rocket Sports <laughs> team <right>. members should. <laughs> I'm gonna start dropping little Easter eggs into every single episode uh-huh. that, that ver- and and test a different team member every week. I think that would be. <laughs> and if you have a, a favorite smoker recipe. Or beverage recipe, or uh-huh. food recipe, or... Bagel recipe. Bagel recipe. What's Okay, so what's your favorite? Can you make uh, bagels at home? Is that a thing? Mm-hmm. You okay. can. All right. Um, they're made in much the same process that soft pretzels are made. It's kind of the same. You make the dough, but you have then you have to boil it okay. before you bake it. Um, what's your favorite flavor bagel? Like, are you a plain bagel? Yeah, yeah. Plain... Just the- Plain bagel with what on it? The the seeds, the sesame seeds. So you're a sesame seed bagel? Yeah. With what on it? Butter. So yeah. not... Yeah, no. not... Cre- no, nothing, no. Okay. Just straight. Okay. And you? Um, Or poppy seeds, too, sometimes. Okay. I'll eat a plain bagel. Um, I Okay, let me... I'll eat a plain bagel or an everything bagel if I have like a like a vegetable cream cheese, like a roasted vegetable cream cheese for it. Otherwise, I want cinnamon raisin bagel with butter on it. I see. So I have like a sweet and savory. It depends on like what bagel mood I'm in, if I'm in the mood for sweet or savory. And now they know. And now they know. So please... Um, Send all the Montreal bagel samples if you want me to try them. If you're if if you if you if you're confident that I will ditch the New York style bagels are my favorite, feel free to send samples. <laughs> the <I'll>, challenge is <laughs> on. Um, the challenge um, for our first segment today was, you know, we are here every single week. All during the off season, when most other people are putting their feet up on the beach. Mm-hmm. I don't know how we worked that out exactly. I don't know that that was in my agreement, but but okay. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. We're here all summer long. However, it seems that the Canadians went on vacation as well because um, exactly, it's been crickets. Um, so the first half of our show today is just going to be a little bit of chit-chat between Rick and I about some general Montreal Canadiens things. Uh, but the big, the big uh, you know, marquee segment this week is really our second segment because it is an AHL hot stove week. That means our friend and colleague Patrick Williams will be back in the studio with us. And we've got uh, lots to talk about on the AHL side, so- on the AHL uh, league-wide side of things on the hot stove. 
Um, we're going to, there's, believe it or not, at the end of July, a new head coaching vacancy opened up in the AHL. Uh, the league recently put out their award, their excellence awards from last season. So we're just going to mention a couple notables there and full AHL schedules came out last week. We're going to have Patrick take us through some, some different things that you might notice in the schedule this year. And, uh, we'll ask him the ever important question of whether or not he's able to tell us if the playoff format is going to change, stay the same, alter, that kind of thing. So lots to talk about in the second segment. Um, Listen to the chatter, stay for the hot stove. Stay, that's right. And it's not that it's, I mean, the thing is, Rick, this is what I don't get. And and sure, I understand, you know, August is usually when things really quiet down on the, on the NHL front office uh, front because they do try to squeeze in those vacations in August. But um, for, for Kent Hughes, Jeff Gordon, um, they've got some cap that they still have to shed. Um, so there's gotta be some contracts play and players moved out of the NHL roster. In addition to that, um, they still have an assistant coaching hole to fill. Um, and you would think particular, I mean, the cap situation. Okay. I mean, Ken Hughes, I, in, in my estimation is going to wait until he finds just the right you know, he talks about it this all the time. He's only going to do things when it's really right for the for the organization. So, okay, that might not happen immediately. But one would think that you would want to get Marty St. Louis' coaching staff in place ASAP so that they can all start kind of gelling and meeting and becoming that cohesive unit that they need to be and prepare for training camp, which is starting in like eight weeks. And as I mentioned um, on the Canadians Connection podcast a few episodes back, this needs to be um, the, the person who should be busiest this summer is Marty St. Louis. Um, he, he came in and and uh, finished the season as head coach without any experience whatsoever, um, and 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 rode on his uh, positive messages and, and enthusiasm, and and that's great. And after such a miserable season. It gave uh, the players uh, a, a new outlook, and and uh, you know, standings wise, they weren't going anywhere anyway. So it just uh, allowed a, a feel good end to the season. But that's not going to cut it uh, when when a, a full um, eighty two game schedule starts. Um, so you needed uh, Marty to be um, improving uh, and and learning. And um, and discussing with his assist with his assistants and um, and th- there's a hole there that that needs to be filled, particularly because the most experienced member of the staff left in Luke Richardson. Um, Alex Burrows, there's there's not much going on there. Trevor Latowski at least has has some experience, um, and at the same time, the coaching carousel. Um, that uh, was in full whirl, um, you know, earlier uh, a month ago, uh, has slowed to a bit of a crawl. We had David Quinn uh, announced uh, today with the San Jose Sharks. We know Bob Bugner was a late uh, axing uh, by the Sharks. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, with the Oilers, the Edmonton Oilers, there was uh, a former um, defenseman, NHL defenseman, Mark Stewart's been named as an assistant coach, but the 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 announcements have have gotten very few and and far between which means that the candidates are few and far between um so it's um 
the Canadians, they have to get going on the assistant coach part. Uh, they have to get going on cleaning up the cap part. Um, and and they have to, uh, the staff has to meet and start preparing for the fall. Training camps are not that far away. They're really not. Um, and we had we had speculated, you know, at the beginning of the summer, who could who could end up being uh, that assistant coach? You know, would Martin San Louis, even before the knowledge was out that Luke Richardson was going to be leaving, um, you know, would San Louis decide to, even though he said he was going to keep all of the assistant coaches, you know, would that be the case? He had he had mentioned, you know, maybe we'll bring someone else in as well, that kind of thing. Um, and so we'd even speculated at the time, you know, okay, there's all sorts of different avenues that the organization could go in for this assistant coaching position, one of which would be promoting either J.F. Uhl or one of his assistants from Laval. At this stage in the game at the end of July, I'm half hoping they don't go that route for Laval's sake because then that puts Laval in a really difficult situation in the 11th hour trying to find a coach at the end of summer um which you know as just as it's difficult to be filling an assistant coaching position at the end of the summer at the nhl level uh, it's the same thing for your ahl team too so um really hoping that by the time we all gather here again next tuesday for the next episode of the press zone that there's going to be some news on this front because uh, i think it's a you know i'm not I understand the draft was a, I don't want to say a distraction, but, you know, was a, probably took out a big chunk of time in the summer, uh, but there should have been an equal amount of attention in getting the coaching staff filled out. And so I'm a little, little, uh, I don't want to say irritated, but I'm a little concerned that that hasn't been done yet. So it was a month ago that um, the Chicago Blackhawks officially announced that Luke Richardson um, was uh, their their brand new head coach. Um, but the Canadians knew uh, or had a pretty good idea after giving permission for Chicago to speak to him mm. and Luke going through the the multiple interviews that he did um, <clears throat> that that they were going to have to be looking for someone. So it's maybe five or six weeks that this has been on the plate for um, Kent Hughes, Marty St. Louis to... Uh, set up the criteria, figure out who they wanted, put together a short list, and and start talking to to these people. Um, uh, you know what happens with with other teams? How does it work? How do you get in uh, these assistant coaches, particularly the the experienced assist assistants that um, that Marty's going to need? Um, it was fascinating listening to uh, Alain Najadine, former. Uh, uh, Canadians, well, he played eight games for the Montreal Canadiens way back when. Um, but he was part of the the New York Islanders coaching staff who was uh, um, uh, relieved of their duties, as they say, with Barry Trotz. Um, and he was, um, you know, available looking for a position. At the same time, or uh, thereabouts, uh, Pete DeBoer had been fired by, uh, unexpectedly, had been fired by uh, the Vegas Golden Knights. They eventually brought in Bruce Cassidy, the impatience of uh, Vegas once again, um, and uh, and Kelly McCrimmon, and the ownership, I guess. Um, but Pete DeBoer was fired unceremoniously, certainly didn't expect it. He said he didn't expect it. And what did he do after he was fired? Did he sit around and mope for weeks and... and 
um, you know, live off of off of uh, the the remaining t- uh, term of of his contract. No, one of the first things he did was he's a good coach. He's one of the best coaches in the National Hockey League. He knew he was going to get hired. He knew that the uh, coaching carousel was just beginning. So one of the first things he did was reach out to various um, assistant coaches or people that he'd like on his staff, people that he may not uh, be very familiar with, and just started feeling them out to find out uh, a little bit more about them, who they are, um, how they coached. Uh, and one of his first calls was to Alain Nasruddin. Um, wasn't that familiar with him, but liked, admired his work from afar. Um once again, before the official announcement was made that Pete DeBoer was hired by the Dallas Stars as their new head coach, um, he made a second call to Nazardine. He knew that in a couple of days he would be announced as the Stars head coach and thinking, um, you know, uh, again about his uh, staff and uh, did a full-on interview over the phone with Nazardine that spanned hours. They uh, talked about systems. They talked about... Uh, the ability to communicate with players. Um, And all of this happened before Pete DeBoer had a job. So that when he arrived, um, he was, was, you know, he hit the ground running. uh, And he was able to bring in his assistants, one that he had in, in Vegas, Nasruddin a few days later. Um, It's, it's the kind of proactive, um, uh, proactive thinking and and approach that a very experienced uh, coach might have. Unfortunately, those aren't the kind of skills or the kind of experience that Marty St. Louis has had. And, and the Canadians are, uh, they're a little bit behind the eight ball now with, with, as I said, the coaching carousel slowing down. So hopefully, as we said, we'll have, uh, maybe there'll be some news on that front next week. Um, we mentioned that a lot of people are out on vacations uh, and so forth. Uh, Paul Byron uh, out on, on vacation uh, out on the water this week and uh, made his way into headlines uh, when suddenly uh, needed to be involved in a, in a water rescue uh, by a pilot who crashed into the lake that he was on. A pontoon plane uh, came down into the lake, into the uh, the. Uh... Uh, in the Laurentians, um, Paul Byron was out with his father-in-law, with his brother-in-law, and a, and a family friend, and they were fishing uh, in the lake. There was also uh, a fellow by the name of Serge LaBelle who was out jet skiing on the lake, and uh, all of these folks converged on the crashed airplane and rescued the the down uh, seaplane pilot um, and uh, and got him to to safety. Uh, away from the wreckage and and got him some some medical help. So um, Paul Byron was very humble and 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 giving the credit to to the other folks, but he played a key role in assisting the rescue of this uh, of the pilot. Nice to have some uh, some unique news and uh, leave it to Paul Byron to do something selfless like that. Uh, and glad to hear uh, that that the the pilot was. Uh, the injuries didn't appear to be too serious. I don't believe. Uh, still, no update as to whether or not he's still in hospital or not. But uh, glad that that he was able to be assisted by those by those men. 
Uh, All right, we're going to take a quick break. And on the other side, Patrick Williams will be joining us in the studio for this week's AHL Hot Stove. You are listening to the Press Own Podcast right here on Rocket Sports Radio. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right, make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And welcome back to the Press Zone right here on the AHL Report, part of Rocket Sports Media. So glad that you are with us. Uh, again, uh, we're glad that you're here. Uh, my name is Amy Johnson, your host, joined by my co-host Rick Stevens. A uh, couple of things uh, quickly before we invite Patrick here into the studio. Uh, we would first, of course, ask that you're uh, making sure that you are subscribed to this podcast if you haven't done so already. That's a quick one. Another quick thing for you to do is to share this podcast on your social media platforms, uh, whichever one is your favorite or all of them, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, you name it, whatever you, whatever you like. Um, they're on the TikTok. They're on the TikTok. (laughs) I don't know. They're on the TikTok. Yeah, that's what they say. Okay. The cool kids. Mm -hmm. Um, so if you could help us out in that manner, that's, uh, probably the best way to help us is by sharing this podcast on your social media platforms. And also make sure you're following us on Twitter at the AHL report. That's the best place to go to find all of the information about the Laval rocket and Habs prospects. Well, it's always good when it is AHL hot stove week here at the press zone, because that means our good friend and colleague, Patrick Williams gets to join us here in the studio and we get to pick his brain and we get to hear all of the great insight that he's got. So, Patrick, welcome back. We're so glad to have you here. The entire studio audience is yep. happy to have sure. you here. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you to those young fans. <laughs> Hockey fans in the making. Um, Amazingly, well, I shouldn't say amazingly, but it you know the the news kind of just keeps rolling for for the for the American Hockey League. So uh, plenty for us to to touch on. You know, we've we've uh, a couple of times this summer with you here at the hot stove. We've we've talked about different coaching vacancies and the coaching shuffle that goes on. Um, not sure how many of us were expecting there suddenly to be a head coaching vacancy in Hershey uh, here at the end of July, kind of in the eleventh hour, huh? 
Yeah, 11th hour is right. Uh, second year in a row that the Bears have had a July departure of their head coach for an NHL assistant coach opportunity. Last year was Spencer Carberry um, going to Toronto. Uh, he was actually fresh off being named coach of the year in the pandemic season. Uh, this one is a, I guess you would call it internal promotion. Um, Scott Allen going up to the Washington Capitals as their assistant coach. Uh taking over for Scott Arneal, who moved on to the to the Winnipeg Jets. So um, it does leave the Hershey Bears in a little bit of a bind now. Obviously, it's one of the you know the most plum premier uh, coaching opportunities in the American Hockey League. So uh, I know there will be no shortage of applicants for that. And, and uh, there are certainly some good candidates um Internally, Patrick Weller would be one. He's been an assistant coach now for, I believe, four seasons there, um, uh, working on their staff uh, with both Carberry and Allen, uh, but also, you know, some potential names. Um, maybe a Louis Robitaille, um, who's had a lot of success uh, uh, in Gatineau, uh, former Hershey Bear, um, who's uh, really done – Done a nice job in Gatineau and also working uh, with Hockey Canada's uh, U18 program, I believe. And uh, as well as, you know, some coaches maybe from the CHL. Obviously, the ECHL is something to look at as well. So um, certainly the timing is not a deal uh, in terms of losing a coach on July 25th. But the good news is it is a... is a one of, obviously one of the best opportunities out there. It is also has you know clearly you know as we've seen a, a, a very real pathway to the NHL. So it is, it's not one of those dead end type jobs. It's something that if you get that job, certainly the eyes of the hockey world are on you, and uh, it's a good way to get noticed. As uh, both obviously Carberry now and Allen uh, have both seen with their own personal careers. And that head coach of the Hershey Bears, uh, one of the first orders of business will be to look for and hire uh, an assistant coach with one of the uh, Hershey Bears assistants moving on to other opportunities. Yeah, so it's yeah, it's one of those things where um, I'm sure you know Brian Helmer, the president of the Hershey Bears, is I'm sure his I guess his desk or his email, I guess, depending on how, you know, the more modern way of doing things uh, is already filled up with resumes. I know that's, uh, I know that sometimes these jobs get 150, 200 applications, uh, you know, various corners of the hockey world. I mean, when you think there's junior, there's college, there's the ECHL, there's um, current AHL assistants, um, past AHL head coaches. So there's a lot of, obviously, you know, maybe a, you know, out of work, NHL coaches. Uh, there's a lot of people, obviously, who want to, you know, for any of those jobs. Like, you know, there's one of 32 jobs at this level, right below the NHL. And, you know, I think certainly with a success like a Jared Bednar has seen um, this year with the Colorado Avalanche, it's viewed as like the AHL is very much a, um, a pathway to the NHL. And so certainly that's going to attract a lot of interest and a lot of attention from uh would-be uh, prospective Hershey Bears head coaches. And uh, it's a team that is a real stable situation. So if you're coming into to that, uh, you know, you know they have a strong affiliation with the Capitals. Uh, it's a place that a lot of people like to live. Um, you know, very good for, you know, raising families and the, those sorts of, you know, sort of off-ice considerations. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a, it's a, high value job that I I'm sure will have no 
no difficulty being filled, uh, you know, uh, on the Hershey Bears and the Washington Capitals on the timeline, though. As you mentioned, you know, there's there uh, since it is the 11th hour, of course, you know, this is, you know, kind of crunch time for for coaches as they kind of get their last vacations of the summer kind of on the board for August, but really getting getting set for uh, training camps to start in the fall and so forth. And with the release of the 2022-23 AHL schedule, it's a big reminder uh, to all of us that uh, really next season is just around the corner. Um, Rick, I'm going to, I'm going to first toss to you. What is the a numero uno thing that we should all celebrate about this year's AHL schedule? 72 games. <laughs> Whether you're in the Atlantic, can we get or the, the children North. applauding that yes. again, please? <laughs> the Central Pacific, it doesn't matter. Uh, it's everybody plays the same. <laughs> That's exactly. Oh, the kids are excited today. Yeah, they, they are. really are fired up. <laughs> um, and and what that means is, of course, that. Um, you can follow the points, the number of points to determine who's who's uh, leading the the division or the conference or uh, the entire AHL. That you can compare one team easily to another. Uh, that there isn't different schedule, a different number of games being played uh, depending on the division you're in. So no more points percentage. No more points. Well, percentage. I mean the points percentage is there, but it's not sure. relevant for seeding. That's correct. Of this discussion, yes. What's that? For the purposes of this discussion, (laughs) yes, exactly. (laughs) It was um, sitting there trying to like calculate, like, okay, this game is worth X percentage points. You know, four point game or two point game didn't really have a whole lot of relevance. It was more like, well, this is a point zero one two game in the the percentage category and it just yeah it doesn't have the same off to it right like and it was tight in the in the north last year as we got to the final few games and and those uh, points percentage were measured in you know three decimal places and and yeah. uh, it was it was really close because even in the same division there was teams playing a different number of games and yeah, and you wouldn't really have a sense of like, okay, well, you know, so these teams are separated by X number of percentage points. Well, is that a lot? Is that a little, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. no, like, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, it was just, the standings are something that should be, you look at it at a glance, right? Right. You know, and, and anybody, you know, you, you can write it up on a board or you can put it on the back of a program, you know, you know, sheet of paper right and it's easy and simple and even the most casual fan can can make sense of it right off the bat and um so yes rick i think you're right this is a, a much welcome development well it was a peculiarity of the ahl that um is uh, nobody's gonna miss i don't think so i <laughs> no. we certainly won't i know that can we have a like funeral music for that or... <laughs> a little dirge to send it on its way raise a glass this evening to the multiple it will not be missed. no it will not so um so patrick let me then let me just shift to the schedule in general are we seeing any new patterns in the ahl schedule this year are there 
Um, it seems like every year teams get kind of like a, it's like somebody reaches into a bag to determine if they're going to have any new opponents that year or not. It's, it's not, it's not straightforward. Uh, you know, the NHL, you know, everybody's going to play everybody at some point. The AHL used to be just everybody just played everybody in their own conference. And now over the last number of years, there's been a little more cross-conference play, but it seems like every year, almost every team gets at least one or two new opponents, loses some opponents. What what are the trends that you're seeing in the in the schedule for this year? Well, yeah, the first trend is just that we're seeing more travel in general, which, you know, coming off the pandemic kind of affects, um, which are still obviously hanging around. I think I take that as a good sign uh, for the financial health of teams. I mean, you're looking at like a team like Milwaukee. They go everywhere from Laval uh, all the way to San Diego. Um, they play Hartford. Uh, they go up to Belleville. You know, so teams are feeling, I think, a little bit more recovered and, and uh, on better footing financially. So that, I think, is a, is a real positive sign for sort of the individual health of financially of these teams across the league. And, and, and not obviously not every team is ready perhaps to take that, that step, uh, you know, because it is not cheap to move a hockey team around um, North America. And now we're in a league that uh, this is not the old AHL of bus rides. I mean, this is, you, you're getting on a plane, right? Like when Laval goes down to Milwaukee, they're not busing, they're flying. Um, and uh, you think of the cost you know, just you think to check a bag, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, what that costs on uh, just an individual commercial flight. And most of these teams fly commercial uh, most of the time. Um, so, you know, you can imagine what it is to move, you know, 25, you know, players plus support staff and coaching staff. And plus equipment. Plus sticks, plus, you know, yeah. you name it, right? And I know some teams will even put it on a truck and, and drive it out to wherever but you know that's you know that's the better part of the day or two for for some of your staff so yeah it's, it's a lot of difficulty uh and a lot of costs and i've heard anywhere up from like high five figures even into the six figures sometimes um to move a team around which you know when you start start doing the math it's not really that surprising right uh, you know you start thinking of hotels and per diems and if you're on the road for for a week or 10 days um it, it adds up fast so um, uh, but, uh, I know that's a source of a lot of, uh, angst for fans. That's uh, why do, why does our team not play, you know, more, more opponents and, and we're tired of seeing this team, you know, come in 12, sometimes even 14 times a year. And I, and I certainly understand that, uh, that's concern, but, uh, I'll just say this, you know, the, the league is pretty hands off in terms of, um, scheduling and if, if you want to play a team way outside of your division in your conference, you're certainly free to do so. Um, and like we've seen with like Laval, they 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 went down to Texas last year. I mean, that's a pretty random matchup. I mean, <laughs> two teams with no real history to speak of, two teams in separate conferences, but uh, they found a match, and uh, that's the biggest thing. If, if you can want to travel as much as as anybody, but uh, if you can't find a kind of a, a willing dance partner. And you're not going to do much travel. And so, I mean, everything is reciprocal in this league in terms of scheduling. Uh, it's, it's, you know, if you're playing a team on the road, you're also playing them at home. It's not like that in like, for example, the ECHL where you might play three games in, in 
an opponent's building, but they don't play, they don't visit you at all. So it, it's, it's a little bit more of a difficult um, schedule in that sense. And remember, too, the NHL teams have their say, um, and they don't always want their players sitting around traveling or sitting in an airport. They want them on the ice practicing. So there's a lot of pieces to fit together, but uh, that's sort of the gist of the the new sort of, uh, I don't want to say post-pandemic, but hopefully emerging post-pandemic schedule. Uh, probably a, a pretty good blueprint for what we'll see down the road. I was actually a bit disappointed to see that uh, Laval dropped the Laval and Texas dropped their um, their meeting uh, this year mm-hmm. on the schedule because, as you said, last year it was a very kind of random. Okay, yeah. Laval and, and Texas are going to play each other. Uh, there's no history there, but it was that series, that four game series was an instant electrifying series. Those teams, for some reason, instantaneously hated each other. Yeah. And it was some of the best games uh, to watch entertainment wise. Um, So I was a little disappointed that, that we're not going to get to see that continue this year, but um, I think teams, yeah, they, they, they get up for that, right? It's a new opponent. It's, it's somebody different, right? It's not, Oh, here's Belleville again. Well, you know, here's <laughs> Toronto again. Here's uh, Syracuse, right? Like, so yeah, it, it definitely keeps it fresh. I think, especially you get, you know, I remember like the the games in Laval. They were in December, and then down in Texas were in January. And um, you know, you're kind of well. I mean, not so much this past season because of you know, the COVID shutdowns, but for the most part, that's generally sort of the the dog days of the schedule, right? So it does sort of freshen things up, and you know, kind of you can sense there's a little bit extra jump in everybody's step. Um, you're playing maybe in front of different scouts, different coaches, opponents. So yeah, it's a chance to, you know, showcase yourself a little bit more than, you know, sort of the standard, you know, like I said, standard three or four opponents that you see very often. The the East needs a couple of Florida destinations in the AHL to, uh, you know, to go in those, those winter months. And then you'll see lots of, uh, the AHL teams lining up to, to play. Well, I thought there'd be more for Coachella Valley, right? Like I thought everyone, their brother would want to be going out there. <laughs> uh, and they did get some teams. Uh, they, they're playing Texas. They're playing, um, geez, uh, somebody else outside of the division. Um, I, oh, they're playing Iowa. And I have to say Iowa, whoever, whoever got their word in on that, very smart. Brilliant. They have a week. About, about, you know, seven or eight days out in both Coachella and San Diego. Very well done. Somebody in the Iowa Wild front office. Knew what they were doing. doing. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, Speaking of, you know, costs to travel around and so forth, uh, we we do have 32 teams in the league now this year. Uh, Coachella Valley not playing a home game for a little while to start the season though, correct? Yeah. Well, with a twist, right? So in October they play four quote unquote home games, but they're going to be in Seattle, um, home of their parent club, uh, the Kraken. Um, I don't know where it's supposed to be yet. It may be at the, uh, the NHL arena or possibly at the practice facility there. Either way, um, after that, they go on a 16 game road trip, 
Um, and they don't play their first actual home game in Coachella Valley in their new building until December 18th. Wow. So um, it's obviously daunting. It's perhaps not as bad as it seems, just in the sense that um, they'll more or less base themselves in Seattle for that first month or two and then kind of make, you know, quick in and out trips, um, you know, from Seattle to wherever they're going. And, um, and they also, they also, uh, they schedule it smart. So, um, for example, Abbotsford saved themselves a trip down in California. Um, Abbotsford's only about two or so hours away from Seattle. So they're going to play a pair of games there. Um, you know, and, and knock those games off their schedule, save themselves a trip. So that was, you know, pretty advantageous for Abbotsford. Uh, Calgary's coming in, uh, which obviously is still a flight, but it's, it's a little bit of a shorter flight, so they don't have to um, make that extra trip down to California. So, you know, they, they kind of made the best of the situation. Uh, this this uh, Coachella team, you know, this arena situation has been a long time coming. I mean, they originally announced the team back in, I believe it was September of 2019. So this has been you know kind of a three year um, journey plus uh, to finally get this team off the ground, which is in the AHL is a long time because you know this is a league that can launch a team in a few months. I mean you know we're you know Calgary is coming to the lead. They just were announced in, in May and they'll be they'll be on the ice in October. So that's a more typical uh, timeline. So uh, the Calgary the Calgary uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, T- the TBAs. Um, yeah, so I, I, I've, I've, I've heard that announcements coming soon. Um, obviously, there's you know there's a lot of loose ends to tie up on that kind of thing. You know, I know that they're working on different design concepts, different uh, you know logo concepts, name concepts. Uh, and that's not easy because then you're also working with um, CCM on the jersey front, so uh, you got kind of you know there's trademark issues you name it right so is, I it, just is it possible that, that they will be the calgary heat or, or are they scrapping the heat and it's going to yeah. definitely be something new i've heard both things on that and i don't know what to make of it i heard that the heat name is out but i've also heard that it could still be in um i think it makes a lot of sense um certainly keeps in you know in sync with the you know the whole flame imagery and theme and uh you know maybe they'll harken back to like an old time calgary hockey name like the wranglers mm. uh, which like was that. their that would team be fun. that was their western league team my like, way back i think the 70s and 80s calgary cowboys which was their wha team in the 70s also fun has one of the best logos for my money of all time the little cartoon cowboy um <laughs> We'll have to uh, I just hold personally that they, they stick with the red and gold Calgary Flames. Um, yeah, I would think that would be... Um, you'd hope. Yeah. You'd hope. I, I, I joked that, you know, whatever happens in Calgary with, like, Gaudreau and, uh, you know, Kachuk and everything, at least you have those amazing jerseys. <laughs> I don't know that my humor was appreciated, but... Uh, <laughs> um, I love those jerseys. I mean... Um, kind of a sucker for them so i certainly hope that the you know like the the, the hl philly will certainly at least have a similar look right which i think they will i mean it makes sense just from a um practicality standpoint you know like you know 
helmets, pants, all that kind of stuff, gloves, mm-hmm. you know, just everything a little bit more similar. So, and they're going to be playing out of the saddle dome, which we officially learned. Uh, so. All right. That is going to be one busy arena. Yes, uh, it will. For sure. Turnstiles or I guess turn, they don't really have turnstiles anymore, but you know, the ticket scanner machines will be very busy this, this winter in Calgary. The Calgary flames, the Calgary question marks and the Calgary <laughs> hitmen all playing out of the same arena. Uh, you know, with, with the whole AHL franchise branding in limbo, I have to, I do have to give a stick tap to, um, of course, when the schedules came out, a lot of teams had their um, schedule release videos ready to go. And mm-hmm. I have to give a stick tap to Henderson, who had, in true Las Vegas fashion, <laughs> had one of the most entertaining schedule release videos I've seen in a very long time, where representatives from every other team they play kind of showed up to to show down with them outside of their arena. And suddenly, this, the, all of the... All of the actors just turn and look and they said Stockton what are you doing here and there's just these two people in Stockton heat shirts going we don't know we don't know who we are we don't know where we're going we don't know what we are and it was just it was hilarious uh, the San Jose you know like San Jose is the Barracuda a little bit um they're a little bit feisty on social media and they tend to talk a lot of uh a lot of smack yeah uh, and uh, they said something to the effect, haven't we beaten you guys like 13 times in a row? And <laughs> that's, that's it. Might not be that far off. I don't have checked numbers lately, but. Uh, <laughs> the Abbotsford guys were very lumberjacky, which was. Yes. And yeah. very Canadian. And. and the, the Coachella Valley, the hippie. The hippie. Yes. hippie. <laughs> the San Diego surfer. Yes, the surfer crew. It was just if you haven't seen it, go check out the Henderson Silver Knights uh, Twitter account because it's, oh, it it was tremendous. Condor sounds that was Condor terrible. sounds, Condor yeah. sounds, <laughs> Condor sounds. Because what noise does a condor make? Yeah, it was it was very well done. Yeah. Um, okay, if 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 that question wasn't enough that Rick had for you, the Calgary what uh, the the. Maybe the big question of the day is, will we have to suffer through, I'm, and I'm, I'm completely biased in this question, and I do not care from a media standpoint, I have the bias of, will we all have to suffer through expanded playoffs again next year? It is the same format. Um, that is so, not the answer uh, I wanted, Patrick. <laughs> so the... Um, so just sort of give you the lay of the land. Uh, the divisions remain the same. The only change is Coachella Valley now becomes the tenth team for the Pacific Division. So, uh, so you do, you do have an uneven number of um, clubs in each division. Um, the rule of thumb in the Atlantic, the North, and the Central is that all but the bottom two teams make it. Um, now in the Pacific, it's all but the bottom three. So seven out of ten. All Hopefully right. you're still following. Taking you notes. add it all up, it comes out to a 23-team playoff field, same as last year. Um, I had thought it might go up to 24 with the expand, you know, the addition of Coachella, but uh, that did not happen. So uh, 23 or 32 will make it. Uh, Rick, I believe you said that was 72%. 72% of the teams make the playoffs. What is the so, point of the regular season? <laughs> and so then there will be that... I don't know how much you recall, but 
there'll be that little mini best of three series between, um, I guess, the bottom four teams. Well, I guess it depends on your division, but <laughs> there was that little mini best of three, if you recall. Yeah, the, the play-in round. The play-in round. And then there was also, um, if you won the division, you got a bye. So, for example, you had the Charlotte Checkers. They got a bye, and their season actually ended a week before everybody else's, just because of all the COVID pandemic rearrangement of the schedule. So they actually went almost two and a half weeks or so uh, for their final regular season game till when they opened up the playoffs. And I, I thought it, you know, it certainly you know hurt them in the sense of like you know they weren't quite as fresh as they had been, or or well, they were actually probably very fresh. It was more they weren't as sharp. Um, I guess it really depends on, you know, what you're looking for, right? Like, you know, if you're looking for, you know, some playoff experience for your players, you're getting that. Uh, it is certainly a challenge, though, if you do have that um, uh, that that long break. And it's also a challenge if, if you're a team that manages to get into that playing round and then you have to, it's now essentially five rounds. Uh, so um, it goes best of three, following two rounds are best of five, and then the final two rounds are best of seven. So hopefully you got those. Uh, I know it's a little bit. I know when they first um, put it out there last year, I know I had to look at it several times to make sense of it. But for once you get the hang of it, um, if you think of it this way, that uh, once you get, once you go through that playing round, then you do cut it down to basically a nice traditional 16 team playoff field. And then from there, the bracket becomes much simpler. But it's that, that playing around that's definitely a little bit wonky. So that's the long and the short of it. Well, I'll celebrate the victory of 72 games, everybody playing <laughs> and, and the ditching <laughs> at a point. I can't under or overstate that enough. That was a major fight. Um, for Scott Halson, I would say it's, uh, you know, one of his big victories so far in his mm. tenure, which is, it's hard to believe it's almost, it's already two years, but, um, uh, you know, and obviously his, his plate has been quite full of the pandemic, but um, getting everybody, because remember, you know, some teams had to give up a couple home dates, you know, which can be very lucrative. Like if you're, you know, if you're a Hershey, for example, that's two home dates that you're not getting now. So, um, and obviously some teams had to come up to 72 from 68 and they were not particularly thrilled with that, especially the Pacific teams. So, uh, there was a lot of give and take on, on both sides. Uh, Hal, Scott Halson uh, certainly, I think, deserves the credit for brokering that deal. It was not easy. I know it was something that had Dave Andrews pulling his hair out for you know, several years. You know, Dave. He's I'll, got yeah, nice hair. He does. He certainly does. <laughs> right? Like, I, I certainly, I hope, hope I have that when I'm his age. Yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, Dave could have uh, been a hair model. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, uh, this is my train of thought here. But uh, sorry, no, <laughs> but I, I, we make fun of it. But th- there was, uh, this This is a big accomplishment. And and the to get there, to get to this year, the transition year where, um, where teams were allowed to kind of choose uh, mm-hmm. was, I think, a key key point to brokering the deal. Oh, sure, yeah. And um, remember, too, all this is against the backdrop of the pandemic and, and everything mm-hmm. that that had on, you know, the effect. I mean, which, no, yeah, teams are still digging digging out from that, right? And we'll probably be digging out from it for a while, right? I mean, 
um, the effects of that financially. I mean, it's, I, I don't think maybe people completely realize just how significant that was um, and what, what that entailed. I mean, just getting that lead through this, you know, past two and a half plus years, relatively intact, right? I mean, I, I, I had wondered at the start, you know, like how many teams are going to go under from, from the result of this. And, you know, yeah. a couple teams obviously did, you know, Stockton did, Binghamton did, but they, those were markets that had been having some trouble. Um, so it's not completely shocking, but uh, for the most part, everybody came through besides that uh, pretty intact. So I think, yeah, that certainly has to be considered a major victory for the American hockey league. That's um, they got through that, uh, not one piece, but close to it. And, and expanded. Uh, and expanded. And, uh, you know, you have three buildings. Uh, of, you know, Henderson already opened up their building. San Jose's building's opened up this season, and now obviously Coachella Valley. So, uh, you know, obviously, you know, a lot of a lot of growth and, you know, in a time when, you know, certainly it's, it's been a challenging landscape, to say the least. Well, um, you know, I don't know, as we, we, this, the theme this summer has been, I don't know who says that the summertime is the off season because the, the news, uh, that we get to cover every week, uh, and every other week with you here on, on the hot stove, Patrick is, uh, seems to be continuously churning out. And hopefully in two weeks when you're back for the next hot stove, maybe they won't be the Calgary TBAs anymore. And maybe we'll know who the next uh, superstar Hershey Bears head coach is going to be. And um, who knows what else is, <laughs> who knows what else we'll in have. This league, right? You never know, right? I think we're now up to 10 coaching changes in one off season. That's a lot. That's free a lot. agency, which, you know, it makes NHL free agency look like, you know, child's play in terms of like the amount of movement, the top players that move, um, you know, this league, I mean, is you look at like just from a month ago, Chicago won the cup. Now their roster is pretty much you know a fraction of what it was a month ago. So this league uh, certainly keeps you on your toes. I think that's fair to say. <laughs> I think that's fair to say, and that is why we appreciate you being uh, part of the team, part of the podcast, and and here to keep us all sorted with all of the news coming out. Patrick, thanks so much for being here with us again today. Thank you. My pleasure. Well, the summer might be uh, just moving right along, but never any shortage of news uh, from the AHL and never any shortage of insight from our dear friend Patrick Williams. Always great to have him here uh, every other week for the hot stove. And happy that I can put away my calculator. There will be no more need for calculating points percentage as we go forward <laughs> that's that is very true um coming up uh just want to make sure before before we send you on your way today keep in mind um world juniors camps are getting underway uh the world juniors postponed from uh over the holiday season in december january will run from august 9th through 20th uh so usa hockey is running their camp right now this week in plymouth Mich michigan uh, so expect to start seeing some news coming out about uh, cuts and so forth uh, for for that as as those teams start to get geared up. Um, also, if uh, in case you missed it, there's been a ton of content out on allhabs.net this past week. Uh, we had our first um, every year after the draft when our our ticket winners and guests uh, return home and have had a chance to kind of 
breathe and process their draft experience, we always invite some of them to share their experience with our readers. We had our first one of those uh, guest articles come out this past week by Dan Bennett, just a delightful story that he had to tell. Uh, And uh, we've got some more coming uh, this week, later uh, this week on allhabs.net, including uh, some people who had some brushes with uh, fame and and some well-known folks, which is always fun. And uh, Rick, there's a couple of articles that are out right now as well, uh, kind of on an analytical side of things, uh, which is which would be fun for our listeners to read. Six weeks or so from uh, training camp, so um, uh, we start looking forward. Fans start looking forward to the start of the season. And uh, in his notepad this week, in his Habs notepad, uh, Chris. Um, Chris G uh, put together a projected opening night lineup, um, and the, Chris's uh, his his criteria was making sure that it was cap compliant, uh, which of course teams have to be cap compliant by the drop of puck uh, on opening night, um, and it's been getting uh, a lot of comments. Uh, many don't agree with Chris's assessment <laughs> of uh Yuri Slavkovsky on on starting on the fourth line for opening night and 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 others so uh what we want you to do is go to allhabs.net look for the uh projected opening night lineup uh, the habs notepad article and uh leave your comments either on the article or on social media facebook.com/allhabs and then while you're there take the time to read um, a really interesting article by Sam Gerber. Um, he he looks at the Habs roster overall, and and his title is "Something's Got to Give." There's just um, there's been little progress made so far on Kent Hughes's uh, uh, declaration that he was going to um, uh, shed some cap space. Uh, so he believes uh, that to gain some cap flexibility. Uh, there, there are going to be some moves between now and the start of opening night, um, and he goes through what very deep in detailed way what has happened so far, what he thinks is uh, yet to happen, and again with this article, uh, take a read and uh, provide your reaction and and maybe your speculation about what moves are yet to come. In addition, if you like to watch your content, uh, head over to our YouTube channel. Make sure you're subscribed, youtube.com slash allhabs. Uh, Check out the latest episode of Habs Hockey Report. It's a weekly Habs and Rocket uh, fan interaction and news uh, video show that I host every Thursday on All Habs Hockey uh, Hockey Magazine's YouTube channel. Uh, Had a... Fun time with it this past week, talking about uh, the the Petri trade and had some great answers to read from our viewers about uh, the the latest uh, question of the week. So if you want to get involved, if you want to interact and you want to watch uh, your your Habs content, make sure you head over to the YouTube channel and subscribe for that. And otherwise, Rick, uh, we invite people, of course, to listen to the Canadians Connection podcast this Saturday. I get to uh, join you in the hosting chair while Michael Spinella is out of the office this weekend. Drumming on the road. That's right. So uh, I'll be uh, very pleased to co-host with you this Saturday. I hope everyone gives that a listen over at CanadiansConnection.fm. And of course, we'll see everyone back here uh, for another great episode of the Press Zone podcast right here on Rocket Sports Radio. 
click subscribe to never miss an episode of The Press Zone on Rocket Sports Radio. Visit AHLReport.com for the latest news on hockey prospects.